Hello, and welcome back to the only interesting podcast. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Jill Chacha, and I am with the always interesting Marissa Riley, who's wearing a shirt that says, No muff, too tough. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a way to introduce me. I found this uh, shirt that says local muff diver 69 on yeah. it. And uh, I was a men's size large and I uh, was obsessed with it. I bought it and I cut the sleeves off and made it even gayer. <laughs> it looks great. Thank you. It looks I, fantastic. I wear it with pride. So. Yeah. Ah. Uh-huh. Uh, we are post-election. Post-election. At this, at this episode, it's feeling pretty good in the United States, which is not a normal... It, it's a new feeling. It's a new feeling. It's a new feeling. We are smiling. Yeah. Um, it, and it hurts. <laughs> forgot what that felt we're like. We're using muscles we haven't used before. Yeah. So. It's exhausting. So. Uh, but it has been a good... How long has it been? What? Like two days? It's been a good two it's, days of smiling. <laughs> yeah, a whole two days of smiling, and we're we're yeah. pretty excited. It's you know, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Uh, we're hope we hope you're feeling pretty good. We hope you're feeling um, good, and we're uh, we're feeling great that we can keep pumping out episodes for y'all, and it's, it's really great. Yeah. So hope you're doing yeah. well. Today is in betweeny in betweeny zero zero nine. It's gonna be. Creamed beef and vinegar pies, folks. We're going to talk about the disturbing history of some Depression-era meals. Oh, I, I read the title of this right before uh, we started recording. I was like, that's disgusting. That is the most disgusting <laughs> thing I've ever heard. Um, please uh, tell me more. There's a lot. There's a lot to it. We're gonna, let's, well, let's start at the beginning. Okay. Let's start at the beginning. Picture it. Okay. Uh, we're at the White House again. Right. Oh, here we are again. <laughs> it's just all roads lead to this fucking to the house. White house. To this fucking house. It's the White House, 1933. Oh my. Franklin Delano Roosevelt, the 32nd president of the president of the United States, is sitting at his desk waiting for lunch to be served. Fun. First Lady, uh, his wife and fifth cousin, once removed. Eleanor, oh, it's awkward. <laughs> Eleanor Roosevelt enters the Oval Office with a White House cook, Henrietta Nesbitt. Hmm. They rolled a cart offering deviled eggs with tomato sauce, okay, mashed potatoes, mm-hmm. and prune pudding. Gross. All seasoned at most with only salt and pepper. I want to die. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. Let's all just take a moment to think about those combined textures in your mouth. Okay? Let's, let's, <laughs> I love how the first paragraph here, we started with screaming already. <laughs> I have no words, just noises. It's going to be a lot of noise. Ugh. Yeah, just think of the noises when you, you bite into a, a wet, soft egg. Gross. Followed by a spoonful of mushy white potatoes. <sighs> and then suddenly, sweet Chunky prunes. Gross. Now, this 10-cent meal okay. was meant to be an example for Americans. Uh, that's right. There was once a time people living in the White House realized their behavior had an influence on the country. No shit. And they were setting a precedent to be modeled after. Oh. Uh, 
Um, with over 20% of the country out of work and businesses ruined, mm-hmm. FDR wasn't going to eat his favorite filet mignon in front of the nation. Yeah, that would be rude. Yeah, it would. Uh, this White House realized ain't nobody could afford to even buy fresh, like fresh vegetables. So they had to come up with a way people could eat and eat nutritiously. Okay. All right. All right. I okay. see what's going on here. Okay. Yeah. Enter the theory of substitution. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> it's, hmm. Pretty, <laughs> it's pretty simple. Uh, you can take expensive foods like meat, fresh fruit, and vegetables. Okay. Uh, replace them with cheaper ingredients that would still provide the same vitamins and whatnot to keep your body going. Okay. 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 I got a, it. I got it. It's a good idea. Uh, for folks in the late 1920s and throughout the 1930s, they had to, I guess, innovate and get creative. Yeah. Uh, basically, a lot of smushing took place. Mm. Um, canned and dried foods were moistened with gelatin or creams, for example, to make one wholesome dish uh, because that's all you were getting that day. Oh, this is so depressing on so many <laughs> levels. It's like not only are you adding gelatin to a dried food or a canned food, um, yeah. but you're also really poor, so it's the only thing you're going to eat that day. <laughs> so that's, this is and it's just the intro. Hi, welcome uh. everybody. Ah. So the White House whipped up menus that cost cents to make, uh, attempted to convince people substitutions were cutting edge. Mm. And most importantly, these meals were, air quote, American. Oh, okay. Hmm. A square meal by Jane Ziegelman and Andrew Kuo. Uh, This is a great book on the culinary history of the Great Depression. Totally recommend it. Uh, And listening to their interview on NPR, give it a Google. Cool. Uh, Quoting Ziegelman, one of the travesties of this period is that all of those home economists did not look to, the, to America's immigrant communities for inspiration. Hmm. If they had, they would have found a gold mine of highly nutritious, highly economic foods that also taste fantastic. Yeah. But for a whole variety of reasons, cultural and culinary, they never took that opportunity. End quote. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They could have had... And I think you're going to touch on this later. They could have had pasta. Yeah. Very cheap. They could have had beans and rice. Yeah. The cheapest thing you can eat. So, so tasty. Yeah. So, so good for you. Totally agree. Quo uh, states, or co uh, states, it's tragic that we didn't look into their examples for food to eat during the Great Depression, but that wasn't, quote, science, Ugh. and was also un-American. Ugh. Oh, my God. Yes. So I think it's safe to say the government wasn't keen on celebrating immigrant, immigrant culture. Mm. So the meals we're diving into t- today don't have the balance you'd find in, say, a Chinese dish or the flair you'd taste in even the simplest Italian one. Yeah. Tomato sauce and pasta. It doesn't get better than that. It costs, what, like under a dollar to make. So, so yeah, those cultures, for example, were new and scary at the time. Oh. So uh, today, we're going to get creamed. Oh. We're going to get mashed. Uh. We're going into the confusing world of Depression-era meals. Okay? 
<laughs> Shall we? I guess. <laughs> no, I'm actually pumped <laughs> to hear about these things that I'm not eating. So. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, photos will be on our Instagram. Well, that's interesting pod. Uh, and if you have any stories of what your grandparents or parents have had, please yeah. email us at well, that's interesting pod at gmail. We will totally read them and share them in the next episode. I would love to hear. I would what, love to. I yeah. might make some noises unless you have like a strong, <laughs> like nostalgic attachment to oh. whatever. I, I appreciate that stuff. You know, I eat all kinds of weird things just because my family made it. Oh, yeah. Um, but also, I was going to say, this perfectly ties into what we all went through earlier this year. Yes. The the panic buying, the panic storage, you know. Yep. I think we all bought too many canned goods. Too many canned goods. Uh, I know. We still have some left. So many cans. So many cans. So much toilet paper. <laughs> so we have so much toilet paper. I'm I just can't believe it. I'm wiping things I don't have to wipe. Yeah. So I'm getting that's <laughs> Uh, all right, let's start big. Yes. Um, let's bite into a baked peanut butter stuffed onion. Oh, no. <laughs> that's, but, that's right. Uh, a peanut butter stuffed onion. No. You heard me. What better vessel for nutrient-rich peanut butter than an onion? Oh, my God. <laughs> you tell me. It's like... There are so many things in the world you can put peanut butter or onions on. <laughs> Don't you dare put them together. It, that's like that's like saying, hey, poor person, do you want to feel even more poor during the depression? I am glad you brought that up because we're going to talk about that for a real quick second. This is, yeah. this is clearly, it's, this is not for mental health. <laughs> no, we're, we're, we're going to highlight that in our, in our in-betweeny today. Excellent. Okay, so how you make it, you basically... <laughs> <laughs> Get, get, get a pen. Uh, basically, you hollow out an onion. Okay. Stick a wad of peanut butter inside and set your oven to high. If you're the lucky few to have a pile of stale breadcrumbs in the house, feel free to add those to the hole as well. Oh, uh, my God. <laughs> add, add old breadcrumbs to the hole. <laughs> what a sentence. Yeah. Uh, the Bureau of Home Economics published the uh, air quotes recipe in, na- <laughs> in, in newspapers all over the country, helping inspire moms everywhere. Okay. Now, the PB of our PB and BO sandwich. Mm, <laughs> doesn't that sound great? <laughs> the PB was a pricey investment. Uh, in Ohio in the 1930s, peanut butter cost about 23 cents a quart, uh, but a little dab went a long way. Okay. Extra savings could be found with the onions, which ran around three cents per pound if you are in Maryland. Um, this is from thepeoplehistory.com. Mm. So an onion a day kept everyone away yep. and the family full of <laughs> vitamin C, which onions are surprisingly full of. Ah. So now I made a modern version. Oh, I'm sorry. I, f- I did not make a fucking modern I was going to say. <laughs> I, I, that would be a twist to this podcast. What? Wouldn't it be funny if you just pulled it out from under the table and you're like, and I have it for Marissa to eat to try on right the podcast. I'm live stream How it. does it taste? Here's the camera so we can watch your reaction. I think that would have been. <laughs> you it. know what? Let's do another podcast where I try this. Actually, not. <laughs> it just God. sounds too gross. All right. 
Uh, no, I did not try it. I found a modern version, um, like a recipe of it, uh, uh, of this snack or meal or whatever you want to call it, um, on a website called ladyfleabag.com. Uh, it has no association with the TV series. I'm sorry. Way to answer the question before <laughs> I asked it. <laughs> um, they added panko instead of breadcrumbs and used a sweet nut butter. They stuck it in the oven for 375 for an hour, and this came out. Can you describe what the modern version looks like? <laughs> I mean, it looks like... Um, I'm yeah. trying to think of like a good word. <laughs> like a... Like ex- excrement. Mm-hmm. Um, looks like a bowel movement on a, on an onion. On an onion. That's it. It's yeah. uh, and it's a little browned. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That that was the best shot, I assume, too. Yeah. That's, it. I mean, it's it's <laughs> so. taken clearly with a nice camera. It, the lighting is gorgeous. Yeah, new, it's like uh, natural lighting. It is very natural. It will be on our Instagram. Um, uh, yeah, if you make this and it looks like an excrement, take a photo and send it to us. Yeah. And we'll post it too. Yeah. Um, also, I wanted to say <laughs> really fast that I am all for making things on a budget. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, using resources. But I'm also all for making it delicious which is absolutely possible on a budget yeah we're gonna, I, we're gonna talk about why these recipes are just so odd yeah because I, 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 I don't think anyone in the world should be eating something no. that looks like what I'm looking at right now right. which you should definitely look at when we post it on Instagram because this is oh yeah um yeah I think uh this is a good ad break for your own bowel movement is yeah. that, is that, was that a good segue? I guess. I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, bowels. Yep. Oh my God, we are back. We are back for seconds. And I, I wanted to quickly mention that um, that uh, peanut butter stuffed onion on the modern blog, they, they said it was good. They said, <coughs> yeah. I, I, you hear me choke because I'm like, I can't, I can never take this news. But yeah, um, during the ad break, Jill told me that, and I was like, no freaking way. Yeah. And then I had this completely opposite notion, this thought. I was like, am I the wrong one? Is this the best <laughs> thing in the world? And I am just too I, fancy not, schmancy. No, you're, you're not fancy schmancy. It's, um, the, the onion looks, it's not even caramelized. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. It just, it's not sweet. It just looked like it dried up a bit and it's got a, it's, it's kind of like, do you remember uh, if, if our listeners, I know a lot of them probably skipped over the intestinal parasite episode. Which it was, was awesome. Go during, back if you didn't listen. <laughs> I'm not even joking. It was during so our Halloween extravaganza. Uh, there was one part of that episode where the colon kind of sticks out of your butt a little bit thanks yeah. to that parasite. Yeah. It's kind of like that. It's exactly like that. Your, 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 uh, your colon comes out of your ass. Yeah, it falls so. out. <laughs> so if that's not a, an ad for our previous episode. Yeah. But if you are an experimental, what a great way to follow uh, what you just set up. But if you're an experimental uh, a chef, a person who yeah. cooks, fucking give this a it. fucking shot. 
and freaking tell us about it. I am so curious. And if, if you convince me, I will try it. Yeah. I will make it. I will take one bite. Yes. I'll give it a shot. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, if you can make it good, I'm sure you can. But we're talking about the 1930s recipes, which were designed... We're going we're gonna to talk about why they were, why they were so weird for a Ooh, minute. okay. Okay. Ah, yes. Uh, where are we? Now, who wouldn't want seconds, speaking of seconds, of a dish called spaghetti with boiled carrots and white sauce? Oh. So... Oh, but don't worry. We are using a pasta. Wow. But that's a dirty Italian word in the 1930s. Oh my God. So we're going to categorize this as a casserole. Okay. It's a casserole, people. It's a okay. casserole. It's a casserole. Not spaghetti. No. So that's right. Our casserole begins by bringing a pot of water to boil. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Add the pasta and cook it for an ungodly 25 minutes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Don't ever, never do that to pasta. We love pasta. What did pasta do to you? What did pasta do to you? Oh, my God. Eleanor. Eleanor. Uh, So while that's air quotes cooking, uh, you can throw in some carrots um, and you leave those boiling until a knife can easily pierce through them, uh, just like my heart. Um, Wait, okay. Are we adding... So the pasta stays in there. Yeah. So you're adding even more minutes to this already 25-minute boiled pasta? Oh, so I, I, I would say FDR would be like, sure, do that. Um, but I assume you, you're just multitasking here where you're just throwing the carrots in with the pasta. Yeah. And so just, the pasta is essentially dissolving at this point. Yeah. Wow. So... Um, the white sauce is a mixture of milk, flour, some salt and butter, which is a classic bechamel sauce now, but this is the 1930s, so you're going heavy on the milk to get some fat on your kid's bones, and you're skimping on pepper and seasoning because, quote, spicy foods were considered stimulants. Oh, wow. They were classified as stimulants, so they were on that same continuum along with caffeine and alcohol all the way up to cocaine and heroin. Wow. And if you started with olive oil, you might find yourself one day addicted to opiates. Oh, my God. It put you on a very slippery slope, end quote. And that's from Jane Siegelman of, in her interview on NPR. Wow. <laughs> wow. So Pepper is a drug. <laughs> that's right. Damn. Uh, here's something even more fucked up. It's possible the government kept these recipes bland because, quote, they didn't want people to be too excited by the budget foods. They wanted to force people to get jobs, to earn enough money to buy spices and seasonings. When they were handing out relief boxes, they deliberately didn't add such things as mustard and vinegar with the relief boxes because they didn't want people to become too happy with receiving food relief. Wow. End quote. That's from Andrew Coe, also from that NPR interview. Yeah. Here's the thing. Everyone deserves good food. You can make delicious food at any, on any budget. Yeah. Uh Absolutely. Pasta and tomato sauce is the cheapest thing. Peanut butter and jelly. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, anyone can do it, you know, 
ramen and noodles. And it teaches you how to cook too. It teaches the, you how to cook and how to be creative. And stuff. Yeah, and they, the, yeah, it's like I don't know if I have to underscore like the massive parallel between the lack of a co like COVID relief and this lack of food relief. That, yeah. that it's it's just nothing changes. It's just crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. I, that's just disgusting yeah, so i know i said disturbing history and it really is wow yeah uh, oh my god okay now where are we our horrible country and the next meal um oh, so no. grab a plate for a slice of the aptly named desperation pie oh wow doesn't that sound good <laughs> it's really not hiding it's not hiding at all uh, not surprisingly, though, uh, these pies are making a comeback in the United States what? right now. Hipsters. Making, it's true. Google it. It's, they are out there. Um, basically, this category of food is the epitome of substitu- substitution theory. Okay. Um, if you want, say, a lemon meringue pie, but those lemons are too pricey, you throw something else in. Like, for example, vinegar. No. Yes. No. <laughs> yes. No. So, vinegar was used to substitute many fruits. Um, but there was one alternative that really took off. The Ritz cracker. What? For yes. what? An alternative for what? So, now, what's more American than apple pie? Yeah. Now, if you were feeling patriotic and broke as fuck, you can make an apple-free apple pie with a tiny amount of sugar, butter, lemon juice, and layered Ritz crackers. Oh my God. (laughs) I'm curious about the Ritz crackers as a crust thing. I feel like that could be done. Yeah, but these, but they're, they're like the main ingredient. They're not the crust here. Oh my God, no. Yeah. No. So now again, uh, they are making a comeback and vegan desserts are fucking incredible. Yes. But we have to remember, people during the Depression were not spending money or time on flavor. So Ritz mock apple pie probably tasted just as bad as it sounds. It sounds very bad. Oh, my God. Uh, But let's end big, too. What do you say? Now, do me a big favor. I'm going to show you a photo. Okay. And I want you to describe our final dish this evening. Oh my God, I'm so nervous. Okay, okay you ready? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Okay, I, I'm not going to look at the words underneath and I'm going to try to guess exactly what yeah. it is. Go ahead. Okay, so here's what it looks like. It looks like white toast with ranch dressing covering two pieces of white toast with fruit roll-ups in the dressing. That's what it looks like. But what I think it is, is spam or salami in some sort of white cream sauce mm-hmm. on white toast. What? It, how did I do? You're, you're exactly right. That's the grossest thing <laughs> in the world. It is the grossest thing in the world. It is this not is a good. war on uh, uh, people who can't afford very much. This is like... yeah. On lower income families. This is cruel. This will give you indigestion. <laughs> Make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I'm telling oh my god. People of the thirties. <laughs> lower income people of the thirties. 
We're so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm really sorry. Uh, to, so tell me about. It. Okay, let's let's get into this. Jane Ziegelman uh, actually made and took a few bites of this. Um, officially called creamed chip beef on toast. No. It's also better known as shit on a shingle. Yeah, that sounds. That right. sounds. That sounds right. right. That's about more accurate. Uh, made in 20 minutes, you combined um, some butter, flour, and warm milk. That's the sauce. Wow. You crack open an 8-ounce can of Hormel's brand of dried beef, or wow. any chipped beef will do, uh, and you tear it into ribbons. Uh, you, <laughs> you add it to your pan of hot milk. Gross. And let it sit. No! What is this sitting... <laughs> sitting in a liquid thing what is that <laughs> as this warms uh, you know as this warms up get that toast ready uh gather around the kids because this serves about four people uh remember not to add any pepper or cayenne because that'll lead to heroin addiction yeah um you do want to add canned peas on top um oh. with a dash of vinegar and lemon juice to substitute for seasoning oh my god no. This is, and the thing is, like, so this would be printed in like the paper, right? Yeah, yeah. So the thing is, it's not like you had the internet where you could look up no. a better recipe. Yeah, it, it was like this or whatever your family gave you. Yeah, not wild. Yeah, that was it. This was it. Everybody was eating this torture. And, uh, that is torture. Yeah. Um, now, eating from the Depression era recipe, Jane describes shit on a shingle as quote. Wrong in every way possible. Um, one of the really interesting characteristics of these depression menus is that the ingredients seem to have nothing to say to one another. Whatever the ingredients taste like together is not particularly relevant. Wow. End quote. Yeah. Yeah. Despite the look and bizarre mouthfeel, this dish stood the test of time and wow. made its way into the mouths of World War II soldiers because their life wasn't hard enough fighting Nazis. Um, <laughs> rumor has it, that's when shit on a shingle was termed, the shit being the runny meat and the shingle being the hard toast. Now, Americans are suckers for nostalgia. And yes, this dish too has made a comeback. No. Despite all logic. No, stop it. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, don't, please don't do that. Feel, <laughs> feel free to Google creamed chipped beef, and you'll see an avalanche of swooning recipes from white folks talking about the good old days. If I go to brunch next week and I see this on the menu, <laughs> yeah. I am, I am, I don't we know what I'm, very angry. I, I'm, I'm, we all deserve better. No matter. Cutting myself. I don't know. What do you do? <laughs> I, I can see this happening now. I can see this happening at some hip place in Brooklyn, just ruining my day. It's called Depression the Musical, and just, just Depression this. the Musical. Oh, God. Yeah. It's what? um. Yeah, but uh, again, it, it was it was bland for a reason, and I wanted to highlight that. And it was very disturbing. So, other than the disturbing, it was bland. It probably gives <laughs> you bland. gas. Acid <laughs> reflux, night sweats. Uh, your stomach would never be the same again after eating this shit on a shingle. There you go. 
So subscribe, please rate us. Uh, please do. <laughs> that, that's one way people can find us. Tell your friends uh, and just write in if, you're, uh, got any, if you have any stories about what, what you're... About what you're making, uh, about depression-era meals, write in if you make any of this stuff. Oh, please I'm, I'm saying how gross it is, but like, if you can make that work, Send us a picture. Yeah. I am, I'm obsessed. We're, 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 we're willing to, to try it out. I stutter as I say it. She said that, yeah. not I. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Stay interesting, everybody. Please do.